This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 14th, 2018. Life Ghouls, Werewolves. So when Michael J. Fox turned into a werewolf in the movie Teen Wolf, it kind of surprised everybody. He was, he was somebody different than they were expecting. So that ties in with this morning because today we continue our October series entitled Life Goals. Today, what happens when your life goals are haunted by werewolves? <laughs> Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. Settle us in that we might receive exactly what you would want for us. Thank you for the way that you can speak to each one of us individually in so many different ways. Thank you for your word found in scripture, for your guidance for your love for each one of us. We give this time to you. In Jesus' name, everybody agreed and said, amen. amen. So, have you ever known someone who, under cer certain circumstances, they like, are this way one, one minute, and then the next thing you know, it's like, oh my goodness, what in the world happened? So I used to work with someone before I ever came here. I'd work with someone on, and on any given day, I would not know who I was going to be working with. This is before with. we worked together. It was way. before we worked together. I'm was it the, the fun, energetic, kind of focused person? Or was it the mean, silent, or passive aggressive person. I know some of you know what I mean by this, yeah. And it might not just be our work environment. We might experience this kind of, oh my goodness, change in our home environment as well. I, I know that we've been there when life has gotten kind of challenging, when things don't go as planned, when feeling kind of stressed or back in, backed into a corner, lots of pressure, I have turned into Carrie Zilla. No way. Yeah. Maybe you've had that experience with a spouse, a parent, a sibling, a child, a coworker, whoever. Hmm. That's what we're referring to as werewolves, and I've got to give you all credit. I didn't see one person turn to the one next to him when Carrie described that, like, ooh, you guys are good. You keep it under control here. That's very good. According to Webster, a werewolf is, is a person transformed into a wolf or capable of assume, assuming a wolf's form. Britannica.com goes further in saying, in European folklore, it is someone who turns into a wolf at night and devours animals and people, but returns to human form by day. Now, for our purposes this morning, we're talking about someone not who devours people physically, not who literally transforms into the shape of a wolf, not one who howls at the moon, 
but one who noticeably changes under certain circumstances, someone who may in those circumstances devour others, not physically but emotionally, someone who may look and act very different at times, someone we might even look at and wonder, who are you? So our challenge is how do we handle that? What do we do? I mean, we can try to talk to the person about it, but in the case that I was describing where I never knew what I was going to walk into, that was my boss. It's not like I could call this person out on it. Well, I did, and it didn't go well. So, <laughs> And know, it turned into a werewolf. <laughs> it's, it's tough. So in that case, you know, I really depended on God. I set my own boundaries, I took the high road in my responses, didn't let that person's response dictate how I would respond back. When it's in our homes, sometimes we, we try to say what we're feeling, how we, what we experience, but then other times we just distance ourselves. We kind of like, ooh, and, and retreat. I think that we've all done that from time to time. It's hard to know what to do. Situations like this are so tough. In fact, they can be heartbreaking. Absolutely. And the thing to remember is that we cannot change somebody else as hard as we try. It just doesn't work. We can only control ourselves, our behavior. We can only change ourselves. So when someone else is a werewolf in our lives, it's up to us to try to figure out how to respond, how to figure out how to even protect ourselves in order to deal with the situation. Mm. So since we can't control or change someone else, today we're not talking about when the other person's the werewolf. <laughs> Our focus today is when we're the werewolf, when the werewolf be me, when we're the one who exhibits that behavior, when we're the one who the other person is, say, person is saying, who are you? Well, we want to take that a step further. Who are you when? Who are you when? You see, when is the trigger, that trigger for us to suddenly like change into someone else? the circumstance that brings about that transformation. And we usually talk about transformation in a positive way. We're not talking about transformation in a positive way at this moment. Causes you to become the werewolf that we're talking about this morning. Now, for some, that transformation thing can be a public, private thing, like we're one way in public and we're another way in private in our homes. We're just so sweet and wonderful or focused out there. And then we get home and it's just, we just rip the people that we love to shreds. How are we when someone's watching? And how are we in private? Yeah, we call that character. Character, we call it integrity. You know, like we're tempted to cheat on our taxes if we wouldn't get caught. Um, uh, we make a decision to come into late, come into work late, and leave early if the boss is away. That's character. That reflects our character. It reflects integrity. In the 16th chapter of the book of Acts, New Testament, second part of the Bible, we, we read of the Apostle Paul and his missionary companion, Silas, who are in prison because of their faith. And 
This is incredible. They're singing hymns and, and praying at around midnight. Openly praying and singing hymns in, uh, while they're in jail. They're not complaining, God, why am I in here? They're singing hymns and praying while in jail. And the other prisoners are listening. And, and at that time, a violent earthquake hits, shaking the foundation of the prison, causing the prison doors to fly open and the chains on, their, on them to loosen. Wow. The jailer woke up and he drew his sword. He was going to kill himself because he was sure that the prisoners escaped and he knew he'd be killed anyway <laughs> for not doing his job properly. And Paul yelled out to him not to kill himself, that, that they were all still there. Everyone was still there. And the jailer couldn't believe it. Think about this. As he was guarding Paul and Silas, chances are pretty good. He heard them praying and, and, and singing the hymns you know, exhibiting their faith while sitting in jail. And then he saw that they didn't escape when they had the opportunity. And so he went to their jail cell, and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he asked them what he had to do to be saved. Isn't that so awesome? God used, yeah, it is so awesome. God used Paul and Silas, their imprisonment. He used their willingness not to run to God's advantage. And God desires each one of us to make a commitment to, to God and to draw a line in the sand and to be followers. And that's how Paul used, or God used Paul and Silas for this jailer who needed salvation. Wow. They had character. They had integrity. So the question is, what about you? Do you have character? Do you have integrity? Do you do the right thing when no one's looking? So who are you when? Maybe the when is when you're feeling a lot of pressure, when things at home and work aren't going as you had planned. Maybe you're feeling emotional pain. For one reason or another, you're feeling overwhelmed by the challenges of life. I know there have been times in my life when it's been like this, when I felt like I couldn't catch a break, when, when there wasn't enough time, money, or energy for everything that needed to be done, and it seemed like no matter where I turned, I couldn't get, uh, there was always more piling on, and if I wasn't careful, there were times, and, and, and if I wasn't careful, and there were times when I wasn't, I would let the pressure trigger a, a werewolf who would take, out, take that out on Carrie and the kids. Uh, not physically, but verbally, emotionally. When things I said sometimes were harsher than they should have been, were hurtful, um, acting like someone other than the person that I would hope to be. So the question is, how about you? Maybe, maybe you've been there a time or two. You know, there's times where there's been a, that's been the trigger for you, where the pressures have finally just gotten to the point where they seem to overwhelm and and that werewolf comes out. It can be pretty ugly, can it? In fact, it can be real ugly. Certainly not something that any of us would be proud of. For me, the Holy Spirit, there came a point where the Holy Spirit convicted me that I needed to turn to prayer, to God, to Jesus Christ, to the Holy Spirit with this, with this challenge. And, and, and God delivered. I, I became much more patient with my children, with Carrie, with just situations. Not perfect, obviously, but certainly much, much better than I had been, um, thanks to God. 
You know, it reminds me of the scripture that we shared last week, the end of the message, when Jesus was preparing his disciples for uh, their time when he would be no longer with them physically for time after the cross. John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Say peace. 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 But take heart. I'm sorry. In this world, <laughs> you will have trouble. You will have trouble. But take heart, Jesus says. Say it with me. I have, I overcome, have overcome, the world. To overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Yeah. So sometimes these pressures we are talking about are so overwhelming that they trigger in us a need to escape, a need to just sort of, oh my gosh, escape, get away. The pain triggers, uh, the triggers elicit something that we feel like we need some kind of relief. And so we decide to supply that relief ourselves, and we choose to self-medicate. And when we do this, we once again become a werewolf. This escape, this self-medication can take lots of forms, you know, alcohol, various kinds of drugs, legal, illegal, um, pornography, illicit sexual behavior. Some of those things are means of escape, and we try to deal with the pain, or we just try to, you know, get our mind away, or whatever it is, and it becomes a habit, and then it becomes an addiction, and next thing you know, we are caught. And the werewolf is completely out of control. And as always, dependence on God healing, prayers for healing, surrounding ourselves with people who support and love and encourage and speak truth into our lives, um, family, we can find our way back. We can, you are never in a spot where you couldn't find your way back, ever. And so there are times when we even need some additional help I was reminded during the last service as I was speaking of um, a time a long time ago when I was seeing a, a psychologist because I was out of control and the werewolf in me was very present with Alan and with the kids. And he actually taught me about how to recognize the triggers and being able to control whatever it was that kind of had a hold on me, and I'm so grateful for that time. And we would encourage you to seek outside help as well. If you need some recommendations, we can make them. Mm -hmm. Of course, this counselor, or this therapist she was seeing was uh, a Christian. He was. And, um, and that's helped because ultimately, it always comes back to God, to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Be, being in relationship with Christ, uh, uh, the love of the Father, led, uh, given the strength by God's Holy Spirit. Ultimately, that's where any therapy that we might suggest will lead. It is God and God alone who will deliver us, sometimes with the help of some counsel or some therapy, but God delivers us from those when, the whens, the trigger, the trigger the werewolf in us. Here's what Paul writes in a letter to the church at Rome. Catch this. 
Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Think about that. Glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces, say it, perseverance. perseverance. Say it with me. Perseverance, perseverance character, character, and character, character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through who? The Holy, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Who has been given. Notice that it's given. It's a gift. Been given to us. So yeah. Paul knows, I mean, he's just not putting words on the page. He's experienced it. He knows about suffering. Suffering while serving the Lord. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul shares that he was whipped five times, beaten with rods three times, pelted with stones once, shipwrecked three times, in addition to the danger on the open seas, the danger of bandits, the danger of his fellow Jews and Gentiles, they're the non-Jews. I mean, the guy <laughs> lived it. And even with all of this, Paul says, there is glory in our sufferings. How can that be? Well, because they do lead to perseverance and dependence on God and faith and perseverance, which leads to character, which leads to hope. It is possible for Paul to view it that way because of his belief in Jesus, it is possible for us to view it that way because our hope in Jesus, because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul shares this in Romans 8.28. This is one of those places, if you have a Bible, you need to put your bookmark in it, highlight it. It's one that I go back and to all the time for we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Let's say that together. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All things means those times of suffering as well as times of joy. There's a saying, God doesn't waste a hurt. And so, as Paul points out, these pressures, these challenges, these sufferings, God can use to teach us perseverance, character, and that ultimately leads to hope. You know, the thing is, though, it doesn't happen instantly, does it? <laughs> these generally are not quick learned lessons. <laughs> uh, and usually, it's not learned easily, and it certainly doesn't generally happen in isolation. Generally, we don't do these things on our own. We, we need God, obviously, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but we often, God works through other people as well. It's important to be aware of those trigger points that bring on the werewolf, and then to work to catch ourselves even before we get to the trigger, you know that trigger's coming. Catch it before you hit the trigger, before you become the werewolf, not after. You know, it's easier to not exhibit the behavior than have to do a lot of apologizing afterwards. Can't get the toothpaste <laughs> back into the tube, can you? That's right. To diffuse that trigger before it clicks. Who are you when? 
Well, another situation might be this. What happens when, when we turn to God, when we pray to God, when we seek God, and nothing happens, so we think? When God doesn't answer the situation so that we can see it? When God doesn't meet our expectation of our prayer? In other words, what happens when God doesn't deliver the way we want or we think we need God to deliver when it seems like God just is not paying attention, that God doesn't hear our prayers, that God isn't taking you seriously. I know I've been there, and I suspect y'all have as well. What happens when? Is this your werewolf trigger? Is this the when, not the kind of werewolf that's, you know, scary and howling at the moon, but the werewolf that silently walks away, separating himself, separating herself from God, deciding on, if that's how God operates, I don't need him. Mm-hmm. We had an Alpha talk recently where the speaker spoke of a time earlier in his life when his grandfather was real sick and uh, his father prayed for healing. It's not an unusual story, is it, for many of us? And um, the healing didn't take place, at least not the type of healing the Father was praying for. Again, not not a story that's uh, not been heard before by many of us or perhaps been part of our story. Um, But the challenge, and this again happens to many, is the Father then separated himself from God, pushed away, turned away, because... When, if God's not going to listen or do what I want, what kind of a God is that? That wasn't just the speaker's story. It's a story for many, many, many of us and many people we know. How when God didn't do as we'd expected, when, as we'd hoped for, as we'd prayed for, when he didn't deliver the way I wanted. And even the stuff that we pray for is good stuff. Yeah. It's important stuff. And it, it shouldn't be that difficult. And when that doesn't happen, we, 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 we tend to sometimes turn away. We distance. We say, gosh, if, if that's how God is, I don't need him. And that's hard. That's hard. Moments, days, months, or even years when our prayers weren't answered as we had hoped, when we wondered if God was even listening, when we felt like we were on our own and we felt like we just want to walk away. I know it sounds cliche, and of course, we're in church, so this is what you're going to hear, but it's not cliche, and it's not just because we're in church, but God is in the midst of the situation, even when it doesn't seem like he is, even like with every fiber we want to say, God, you didn't listen, even with everything in us, we want to walk away and distance ourselves, God hears us. Even when we don't think he does, God hears us, and God responds to us. Often, though, in ways we don't see, we don't even know about. And I'm going to give a shout-out to God. I just thank God he doesn't do it our way, at least not my way. (laughs) I am so thankful that he hasn't answered every single one of my prayers the way I prayed them. (laughs) Because if he had... It would be a mess. <laughs> it would be a huge, huge mess. It's important to remember this. 
God's not here to meet our expectations. God's here and God meets our needs. And the thing about it is God knows our needs much, 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 much better than we do. Thank God. Much better than we do. And I'll give you a perfect example of that. Because he knew that we need somebody to forgive our sin. He knew that we needed a Savior. And so he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ. That's how we know he meets our needs. In the 10th chapter of John in the New Testament, Jesus uses the analogy of the shepherd and his sheep. He's the shepherd, we're the sheep. Jesus shares that he is the good shepherd and his sheep, us, know his voice. And he tells us that he lays his life down, which he did, for his sheep. He also talks about those who came before him. We say this a lot, the thieves who come to steal and kill and destroy the sheep, us. And then Jesus shares, John 10.10, I came that they, that you, may have life and have it abundantly. He doesn't say that he's going to take all the challenges away, that all the sufferings, all the disappointments will just melt away. But he came to bring us life, perspective, peace, mercy, grace, and bring it more abundantly. The Apostle Paul certainly knew about that. He certainly experienced that. He had challenges. He had sufferings. He had disappointments, and so do we. And that's why we have the Word of God, to see you know, how Paul came through it, to hear God's call and claim and protection on our life. Through those disappointments, through those challenges, we have an opportunity to not run from, but to run to and get drawn closer to God, God the Father, Jesus Christ, his one and only Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who are you when? You know, it's at those when moments that we have a choice. We have a choice. We can become the werewolf, transforming into someone people negatively ask, who are you? Or we can choose God. Listening to the words of the Father, acting hopefully more like the Son, strengthened by the power of God's Holy Spirit transforming into that new creation that we talk about. The one who people positively look at and ask, wow, who are you? Who are you? And so it's transformation one way or the other, and the choice is ours. To be the werewolf once again, or to be the person that God intended for you to be so long ago. Which do you choose? Who do you choose? We have an opportunity during this last song to think about that. Some of you may want to stand up and sing. Others may want to stay in your seats and just talk to God or go in the back. And Lori's back there. She'd love to pray with you. It's a good question for each one of us. Who are you?
That's the good news of the gospel, the word of God. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, this world is full of challenges. And your word, not just from what Paul says, but from cover to cover, we can see how those challenges can produce perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Thank you, God, for the hope of your son, Jesus, that as we continue to have those ghouls haunt us, whether they're skeletons or werewolves, that your light would shine brightly in those places and spaces and actually through us. We thank you so much, God, that there is no one higher than you, no one greater than you. We thank you and praise you in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.